Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com, but the way to interact Hyperclean specialist on Facebook. Uh, we're getting more and more members, more and more interaction. That's a great place to find us, find out about products, find out about how people use them. It's a great resource that's being built over there on Facebook. I want to start today by having a little conversation that comes up quite a bit in my DMs or text messages or phone calls guys asked to have through my relationship and ownership and hyperclean, I've been able to talk to so many guys out there in this industry that want to ask questions about how I've done something, what I've done, why I've done it this way. And I get it. I share what I can, but a lot of times it's going to come down to how you build your business, how you take care of your car, what you believe in those types of things. I want to talk about high profile clients. Because so many people say, hey, Nick, you work on collections, you work on Ferraris, I want to get there, I want to do this, I want to be a part of that. I get it. I don't view it that way. I just viewed it always as what's good for my business, who should I chase, you know, who's going to pay what I want to get for a detail to build a company. And that's how I did it. It wasn't more difficult than that. But I want to talk about something that happens with high profile clients that very, very, very few people know about and very few people ever talk about. And that is social media. I was off Facebook for around 10 years. I wasn't on the platform. I didn't enjoy the platform. I didn't like the platform. I still don't really love the platform at all. But I love HyperClean Specialists as a group. So I've joined. I interact there all the time. I comment there all the time. I post pictures from time to time. I talk about work from time to time. Without hyperclean specialists, I'm not on Facebook. I don't like the platform at all. And I was somebody that was on the platform originally when you had to have a .edu email, as I've shared before. I've been on Facebook on and off for a long time, but for about 10 years, I was not on Facebook at all. One of the weirdest parts about Facebook and the detailing business is how much people talk on there. It's every one of our rights to go on to the platforms that are ours and say what we want to say. Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, TikTok, doesn't matter. You know, I'm not having that discussion. I, I understand it's all of our right to do that. But I want to share a little bit about high-profile clients, and I mean real high-profile clients, people that have security at their house with guns 24-7, guys with real wealth, women with real wealth. I'm not talking about some of my clients that have a couple million bucks in the bank. I mean, that's rich to a lot of us. But I'm talking about people that have bees next to their net worth, hundreds of millions, planes, cars, yachts, and have extreme security. Because that's how you get into car collections. That's a lot of the people that can afford, obviously, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 cars. What so many people aren't telling about this story is those clients run background checks. And we actively have talked about that on this podcast, that 
I've been in a situation getting background checks the last 10 years of my career, constantly by different clientele, whatever. It's no problem for me. It's no problem for my company. We stay on top of it. We understand the game. And that's the definition of this conversation is understanding the game. So much of what I talk about on this podcast is trying to give guys the best of my ability, which a lot of times I, I, I fail, I succeed, you know, I, I do everything in between is to try to give you a perspective that gets you to think about it in your way, not to parrot things I've said, or just think about it from my way. And I'm always right. No, it's, this is the perspective of 24 years of being around this business in the last 10 years, plus being around some of the most elite clientele that you can have. And so here's where social media ties into this. Recently, we went through a background check for a client, regular background check, everything comes back fine. And we start to have a conversation with his employee. And it gets me thinking about what I see on Facebook in particular. A lot of people, since I've been on that platform, just say whatever they want. That's cool by me. I don't, I don't care what you do. But how many of you are really thinking about the, ram the ramifications of that long term? Because somebody important somewhere does care about how you act on social media. You may not think they should. You may believe, oh, that's BS. I, you know, it's a free country, but I'm, I'm in. I get you. I'm on your side on this. But that's not how it works. And there's many people that struggle in our industry because they want things to be a way that they aren't. You want everybody to pay for 10 stage paint correction and perfection. That isn't the mass, vast majority of clientele. So just because you want it that way doesn't make it real. Just because you want to believe that you know, you can put a 52-year lifetime coding on a car because you're elite. It makes you even more elite. doesn't make it true. It actually is a huge red flag to anybody that knows cars. You don't see it that way, but they see it that way, believe it or not. So let's get back to social media. So we talked to this guy. We're close to him. He's a great guy. He's talking to us. They have vendors that lose millions of dollars a year in contracts because of how they act on social media. If you go look at my Facebook page, I don't do anything on the personal side. I go into the hyperclean specialist group. I make comments. I encourage, I educate. If somebody has a question, I get off of Facebook. If you go look at Instagram, I'm not on Instagram, uh, you know, commenting and leaving negativity and, and I don't do that. Go on TikTok, same thing. Doesn't matter that I've never left a YouTube comment that was negative or bashing or could be misconstrued in any way. Why? Because I knew that this was the game. When I got off the platform of Facebook 10 years ago, I didn't know that this was going to be the, the end result of it. What I did know is that I was watching so much negativity friends, family, colleagues. And I'm like, this, this isn't for me. The repercussions now could affect your business long-term because you may not think that a customer is going to look into your Facebook 
And I can guarantee you at some point, somewhere along the line, they are going to do that. Important people cover their bases. That's why they have security with guns at their house, at their office. They're going to cover their bases. Do you think they're going to spend $10 million a year on their security all around the globe, and they're not going to look into vendors on Facebook? I mean, which one's harder? They can have a guy click a couple buttons and look into your Facebook, your Instagram, whatever. Let me give you two stories. Client we have currently fired the previous company, not because of work, but because of how they acted on social media. We have a client that was involved in some political things, this and that. That's all you need to know. They were involved in politics in some way. They lost AC people, everything during the last election cycle. Why? Because somebody posted pro this or pro that or anti this or anti that. They couldn't have it around them. Funniest thing is this isn't a political guy. It's just a guy that had a moment in the sun politics wise, but he's not a politician but he couldn't have the waters muddied for what he was going through in the moment. So we actually get a client because we're one of the few companies that you can look into and we're not acting goofy on social media. I want that to sink in because the things I see on Facebook, man, I have a hell of a time with it. I laugh. I can't believe it goes on. I can't believe what I see. But on the other side, man, I think a lot of you care about your future in this business and the future of your business could be aligned with what you're saying online. I, again, I, I wish it weren't that way, but I don't make the rules, man. You guys don't make the rules. Important people are not going to just sit there and let you act crazy online. And let me tell you this, this happens all the time. There's people have lost six and seven figure jobs working for a company because they acted crazy on Twitter or Facebook or something along those lines. I'm not in the, is it fair or not game? I'm in the, I want to play the game to be as successful as I can be. And I know most of you are in that as well. Have you thought about what you're posting on the internet? Have you thought about how it might cost you down the road or is costing you currently? Because look, man, if I were 22 years old, I don't think I would think that way. How the hell would I know? I was, I, I was a knucklehead when I was 22. I didn't know all this stuff. One of the great things we have in the internet now is that we can come on this podcast and an old guy like me, 40 years old, can come on and say, hey, man, people really do look into this stuff. They are going to judge you. They are going to look into you. Professional athlete that I'm associated with through some family friends was going to get drafted. You know what the agent said? Everybody needs to delete everything they've ever written on social media or it could affect his draft status. First rounder. You think it doesn't matter? It does. And that's why when I log into Facebook or I log into Instagram every day and I see all of this stuff, I go, maybe I should talk about it. I know some of you are going to be really bored with this conversation. Like, oh, you know, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. All good by me. But I know some of you are trying to edge up your career 
you're trying to figure out your edge in the marketplace, let me tell you an edge in the marketplace. Be quiet on social media. It's a huge edge. And as we move in time, it's going to be more of an edge. I'm not talking about business content. I'm talking about these personal moments where people F the president, talk about gas prices, do bitch about this, bitch about that, ask for free stuff. All that stuff gets judged. All that stuff gets judged in that world. You don't think it does. And I could honestly say, rewind the clock 10 or 15 years, I wouldn't think it does. But now I know that that's where so many people are passing judgment on me, my business, how I act. That is the new square of how you act. That's the new place, I should say, that everybody's judging you. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's the reality. So when you have all these guys, and you know the people I'm talking about, they go on there and they blow hard about paint correction and this and that, and they're shining a light, and they're sanding everything, and they're saying, if you don't sand, you're a bum. You know those people? Everybody else sees those posts too. So if it makes you cringe, think about what an elite client thinks. They're like, what's this guy doing? That's why some people have never been able to build a team. That's why some people have struggled to grow their business. And we're about to go through a very couple year recession, it feels like. And I'll leave this conversation at this. The guys that control the money in this country, the Federal Reserve, have gone on the record that they're going to slow the economy down. They're going to purposely slow the economy down. Those aren't my words. They're their words. What do I take from that? Well, I got to take the person at his word because he's taking a lot of heat, and it seems like he's going to throw us into a recession on purpose to control inflation. Every edge I need in my business is going to come into play the next two years at a level most of you haven't experienced. I already watch guys falling off. I can see they're posting less. I can see that their work is down. I don't want to see that. But I also see that that's the most inflexible among us. It's really great, man. You do 58 stage paint correction, but you haven't gone through a downturn. And I'm telling you that money's going to dry up. I know bunches of PPF shops with a lot of cancellations. Cancellations are up. Talk to five to 10 detailers this week. Another five PPF shops. Cancellations are through the roof. Home cancellations of new builds are through the roof. Every edge that you have to have is going to come into play the next two years. So on social media, barking about whatever that doesn't matter could get you to lose work. And this isn't my opinion. I've watched it happen. I've gotten work and I've watched work lost over simple social media nonsense. And when you watch the heavy preaching and you watch the, 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 the patting each other on the back and, and, and everybody's kumbaya and all this stuff, that stuff gets viewed by other people, investors, 
people with big money that might want to do business with you. And real people don't like that stuff. The greatest thing I can tell you is stay off personal social media. Stop with the rants. Stop with the nonsense. And I'm telling you, A, you're going to be happier. And B, somewhere down the line, that's going to pay off. Because when people realize you're just about your work, they really respect it. And I'm talking about people with real money, not some schmo you know. I'm talking about the big ballers in the world. They want to see people are on top of it. And if you're goofing off on social media every day, somebody along the way is going to say, dude, this guy's on social media all day long. How's that possible? Hell, we joke about it at HyperClean. We watch how many people spend their whole day on Facebook and other places. It's not my judgment, man. But having just gone through a background check and somebody saying, hey, man, it's refreshing that there's nothing online about you. You don't have any kind of idiocy out there. That makes you a diamond in the rough. Think about that. Why not take the advantage? I'll leave that at that. I'm sure some people are going to take this and run with it. And hopefully it helps and others are going to keep doing what they do. But I just want to provide a perspective of what the elite clientele I deal with really cares about long-term. They want to be in business with people that are professional and that now extends to social media. All right. Exciting news for those of you that love the car talk on here about, uh, 2003 Ferrari Enzo in the color Blanco Avis. I'm sure it's pronounced Avis or something like that. In layman's terms, a white Enzo Ferrari is up for sale June 29th. This was originally sent to a Swiss German buyer. It changed hands to a guy in Hong Kong. It has been registered in Hong Kong, but it was never driven legally in Hong Kong. So it sounds like it just sat in a warehouse all this time, has had all the services, has been kept up to date. This obviously is just a car somebody wants to sell as the market is still a little hot for these. This is going to be a record-breaking sale. By all accounts, this is one of one. This was a bespoke program and only about 20 clients worldwide were able to pick a color of their Enzo. When I say special cars, this is a truly special car. A white Enzo, one of one, and let's talk about Enzo. So Ferrari didn't want these types of cars to really change hands. What we get to see now is this come out and be a terrific, terrific sale. The coolest thing about this to me is... Everybody always sees a red Ferrari and that's what we see. And that's what, but to see it in white, to me, this looks insane. They call it the white whale. I think it's an unbelievable sale that we're going to see. I think we're going to see millions and millions bid on this. RM Sotheby's is running it June 29th. This is what's cool about the auction market to me. So many times we're just talking about simple cars changing hands, okay? This BMW, that Porsche, this Ferrari, and they really don't mean a lot. When a car like this hits the market, to me, what's special about it is that you may not see it for years and years and years again. 
this car is most, like, most likely going to go into a collection. It's going to sit in a collection or lightly be driven. And guess what? You may not see it for another five to 10 years. You may not see it for another 20 years. You may see it next year. The fact that this car is up for sale is always going to be the thing that draws me to the auction market because you never know when they're coming to market. You never know if it's at the right time. There's many people that have texted me about it that, that speculate if, if the stock market's down that week, you could see it affect this number. Of course, that's a funny joke. But where we're at in all of this is a special V12, which really aren't going to be made anymore in most cases. Now changing hands, and how long is that person going to sit on this? Does the person that buy it, that, that ends up buying this, love the car? Is it an investment? Obviously, the Hong Kong purchaser looked at it as an investment, never drove it, never registered to drive it. They registered it in Hong Kong, but not street legal registration. You look at this kind of stuff, and it always makes me kind of in awe of how many cars are out there. Because think about this, you got 20 more of these cars in the bespoke Enzo program. 19 of them can change hands at any time, because now this is one of the 20 that's going to change hands. That's unbelievable. And a lot of people think, hey, this isn't, there aren't that many special cars. There aren't, but there are 20 Enzos you'd love to own because they were bespoke built. Like, that's unbelievable to me. And this is the stuff that if you follow the auction market, that is not about being involved. It's just about watching. it. It's just about respecting that this car was built, respecting that somebody got the opportunity and took it to build a bespoke Ferrari Enzo. If you've never been in and around one of these cars, it's truly fascinating to get in. This is a mid-engine B12. It's got insane power. It sounds insane. It looks insane. And not many people get to be around them. I've been around a few Enzos, not a lot, but it's still to me, one of the great looking vehicles that Ferrari's ever built. And now people can judge me for that. And some like it and some don't, but I love the way this Enzo Ferrari looks. You want it, you, you set out to build a special car, build a special car. And that's what the Ferrari Enzo is. And to see the white whale, the only white Enzo Ferrari come up for auction is really special. So go to RM Sotheby's. June 29th, I have no skin in this game. I'm just going to watch it like the rest of you. And take a look at what happens with this auction. You're going to see a special car for sale, and you don't get to see it all the time. So if you're getting through this conversation, through the conversations we're having on this podcast, you're starting to get some interest in the auction world. This is one of the few special, special cars you're going to see auctioned off. A one-of-one one Ferrari Enzo. I want to thank you all for listening today. I want to thank you for the support for the podcast. Catch us at hypercleanstore.com or catch us on the Hyperclean Specialist Facebook group, as we said earlier. Guys, I can't thank you enough for the support. Everybody have a great weekend.